oh, we want, we want work-life balance. And it's like, people don't, balance is not sustainable anywhere. No. It's just physics. No. So it's not, it's not sustainable psychologically or in the workplace either. Is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Each week, we give you real-life stories and thought-provoking research that inspires your soul to live a more fulfilled life through your own actions. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here are your hosts, award-winning coaches, Christopher Lawrence and Kyle Kalou. Kyle, Kyle how are you feeling? Oh. oh, I'm sorry. This is... I thought I was starting it. No? Like... I don't like know. I, you, you said I, no, you start it, so... Okay. How are we even friends? Like, honestly, you were like the uh, most caring and thought-provoking and generous and thank you for the compliment. Thank you so much for the compliments. I wish I could say the same. Uh (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, another news. This is what you have to learn how to move forward. Because if you get stuck in those places, here's what's gonna happen to you. Uh, Welcome to ladies and gentlemen. Do we just say y'all or folks? Folks, everybody, everybody, all genders. Gender is non-binary, so you're not yes, allowed to say so, ladies and gentlemen anymore. Got it. Um, I do like being called a gentleman, though. So is that my preference? Am I allowed to say There's nothing that? gentle about you. So therefore, <laughs> you might like to be called gentleman, but there is nothing gentle about you. Okay. Uh, welcome to another exciting week. We are really looking forward to this uh, topic, actually. Um, but listen, if you have not downloaded, shared our podcast, given us feedback, what are you doing? Remember, the goal is 10,000 download this year. Year. Uh, we're a few thousands away. However, I really believe you can help us out. So uh, if you haven't done so, make sure you give a like or a comment. And that's the other thing too. Apparently, that's the currency on these type of podcasts is people have to comment on it, give a rating review and all that other stuff. So if you feel it's a five-star rating, definitely do that. Whatever device you're using, definitely do that. If it's not a five-star rating, why are you listening? What are you doing here, right? Um, well, no, we want to hear we really from you too. It. We want to hear it. Yeah, we want to hear from it. I, you know, it'd be interesting to hear some of your comments as well, because mm. then we can we can comment on those comments. Now, okay. interesting, last week, did we not get quite a few comments on that? Like last week alone, random people all over, even a two, I think you got two clients. I know I got one where um, they said, I've been listening to your podcast for a while. And that was what took me to decide to work with you one-to-one. Yeah, because yeah somebody I told me they had listened to, my, to the podcast for a year and mm. a half and then finally decided to reach out. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's really cool, eh? Yeah, that says something about their values too, right? Just yes, you know what yes. it is, the information that they're getting and all this other stuff. Which brings us to today's subject is more around what is it that you value in the workplace? Well, I, you know what? It's interesting actually because we're we're headed into an interesting time, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there's labor shortages. That's going to continue for a very long time. Um, is what they expect here in Canada. And certainly governments and stuff will do things to to fix. But gearing those, like once stuff like that happens, mm-hmm. it takes a long time to gear it up to, yeah. to have resolutions. So they're looking at about 10 years of rolling labor shortages in various years. sectors. Oh my goodness. Yeah, 10 years. Girl, we only have nine and a half left. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. I there's so much focus on the dollar amount. And I think that that actually we're dealing, 
because we are kind of in this in this COVID merging into post COVID ish. I don't know. Depends on the day and which locale you're in, and you know who who your health authority is. But um, I think people are learning to value things differently. So so certainly, you know, dollars are king in a lot of people's minds, right? They believe that dollars will increase satisfaction. But this is really important because actually, Kyle, do you know what the satisfaction timeline is? Uh, after somebody gets an increase, do you know how long they feel satisfied on average after that increase? Um, I'm thinking maybe a year, year and a half. Try six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. So six weeks all that after for, an increase <laughs> on average. So some would be okay. more, some would be less. Uh, uh -huh. The satisfaction that you got from that, that enjoyment, the satisfaction, that kind of glow that you had from, mm -hmm. from being getting an employee, the raise. Mm -hmm. getting the raise um, mm -hmm. has gone away. So, so it's interesting. Like I remember being in this place when I was a young person where, where cash was king, right? Where it was just like, you wanted more money, you wanted more money, you mm -hmm. wanted more money and you measured everything by your money. And sometimes you would mature into, but what's the whole benefits package look like? And, right. and uh, do you remember that? Do you have times like that, Kyle? Like where you were, there was a dollar focus? Yeah, because there's a, you know, one in earlier in my career, the reason why that dollar amount was important is because every time you need credit or you need to buy something, they kept asking about your salary and they're like, oh, well, if you're making this month, this amount and up, then we could approve that. And I was just like, really? So I knew in the beginning I was driven by it had to be a certain number. Right. And then it later on became other things that I valued, you know, um, financial freedom to do, you know, buy things right to take care of other people in my network. Uh, travel is where those things came up. Right. So I think you're bridging into this is like, what do what people really value about mm -hmm. work? And I think that the definition of that has changed significantly since pandemic. Like there are organizations who are not looking at doing a hybrid approach post pandemic. And I understand for certain roles why that's important, but there's lots of roles where, where it's easy and actually better for an organization to do that. But there's some old school organizations here. We are in Calgary, Alberta, organizations that have been around there, you know, whether it be oil or transportation or, or whatever that are saying, no, we're not going to do that. And it's just like, you will not be able to compete. So, so this is it. This is exactly it. So I wanted to cover some of the things that, that people really value in the workplace. And, and as we go through this, I want you, the listeners, to be thinking about what you really value. Do you agree with these for yourself? Do you not agree with these for yourself? It's just a checklist. And, and, and there will be things that we don't cover on here, but I want you to think about this because this is what your ask needs to be. And mm -hmm. employers are going to have to learn to take an individualized approach. I'm sorry, this whole approach of like, oh, we want, we want work-life balance. And it's like, people don't, balance is not sustainable anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's just physics. Yeah. So it's not, it's not sustainable psychologically or in the workplace either. I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in work-life flow. It sounds like mm -hmm. semantic, but they're very different. Mm -hmm. Work-life flow is that sometimes work is going to get more and sometimes life's going to get more. Although work mm -hmm. seems to get more, doesn't it? For, for a lot of people. And it's like, okay, so where does it balance out? Um, mm -hmm. Some people really value overtime. Some people don't. It's not even worth it to them. So 
I don't value overtime, even if I was being paid time and a half or double time, it's not important exactly. to me. So, so we're going to go through this and I want folks to be thinking about what they value. And Kyle, I encourage you to chime in if you have something intelligent to oh. say. So you might hear from Kyle on the next podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, folks, you know, I, was, I, I know people know us enough to pick up on that. Like those are subtle <laughs> things that I would do. And I know they know enough now to say, did he just, did he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'd like to say sorry but that would be a lie um <laughs> so so here's here's some of what people actually value in the workplace so certainly post-pandemic people are valuing a hybrid approach people want an opportunity to work in the office and work from home right they want to work in the workplace and they want to work from home yep and you're even seeing some postings that's like that now. I'm not sure. Totally. To see. Uh, but it's not only remote, remote, it, yeah, remote work, and it even uses the word hybrid. And mm-hmm. some of them have said, listen, you'll always have an office for whenever you want to come in. Totally. So, yeah. Totally. So people want to enjoy a good work environment. So, of course, this means that it's not a contentious environment. I think a lot of leaders don't recognize um, and this would be more senior leaders, uh, executive level. They don't recognize when they when they have a toxic working environment. It's amazing to me how, to hear how surprised they are, which also tells me that they're not having the conversations and they're not encouraging those conversations. People also value hearing from their boss in a good working environment. Yes. They need their boss to own their mistakes, to apologize when they make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They need their employees to apologize when mistakes are made and mistakes need to be non-punitive, but educational. What do you mean by non-punitive? I mean, I know what you mean, but just for everyone else listening, what do you think you mean well, by Kyle, non-punitive? Because I, because I work so closely with you, I don't have good examples of it because... I'm constantly punitive to you. Um, so maybe you could define it for the folks. Yeah. You, you know, when people usually, when there's a situation that happens and someone admits something to it, right? They say, listen, I forgot to do this. And, you know, there's a situation that happened that, um, you know, as I think about it, was punitive. So, you know, there's something as we're transitioning to different pieces, because right now with everything's happening, there are days that we have a hybrid approach. So people have to work from home and people come and work in the office, right? However, there's a situation Girl, where said, you hey, sound like Sarah. Palin, you just said a bunch of stuff that wait. doesn't even make sense. Can you start that over? Bro? Wait, like- hold on. Let me get there. Be patient. Um, so what happened this morning is I said to someone on our team, you know what? And they said, hey, I didn't get this thing set up. And I'm like, oh, man, this is why I asked you two weeks ago to get this thing set up so that we don't have to be in this situation. That was punitive, right? Because now the person, when they admit that they didn't do it, I made it punitive by saying, see, this is why I talked to you about it. making them feel guilty. I'm making them feel guilty, right? And just Sounds like you've got an apology on the tip of your tongue. Totally, totally. And I will be doing that as soon as we finish this today, right? And so that was punitive. Instead of saying, listen, for whatever reason, you didn't get to it. We're getting to it now. So let's solve it right now, right? That is being non-punitive, right? We're not saying, you know, this is what, I mean, I was just frustrated in that moment, but instead of thinking it through or just taking a moment, because I felt the frustration, instead of taking that moment, I made it punitive by saying, this is why we talked about getting this set up, Mm -hmm. right? So when people admit their mistakes or admit something to you that, you know, we could go off and say, well, you know, if this shoulda, coulda, woulda, that's not the moment to say it. 
right? It doesn't matter. In that moment, you're dealing with it. If they come back to it, that's different. Right? It would be better to deal with it in the moment, get the situation resolved, and right. then have a reflection. How could Absolutely. we have prevented this? Exactly. What could we do but, to prevent this in the future? Because yeah. in that moment, they may not be feeling mm. that good about it. They may feel a way about admitting it to you. You know, it's it's hard for people to admit their mistakes, Christopher Lawrence, mm-hmm. right? So there's times where you, <laughs> I'm you need... first on the list to admit yeah, Actually, that's true, but I just needed a job in. Oh, um, bro, you, however... need, you need like, oh, like to get this guy to acknowledge that it, that something was a mistake. It's like, it's like pulling teeth and I'm not even a dentist, but girl, I'll try. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) Anyway. So I think that's what we're saying. When you hear about non-punitive, that's what we're saying is don't make it punitive. Don't make it that they feel already bad about it. Just move through it. Cause in that way, you're letting them know that it's okay to actually say those things, right? That's right. That that is still a safe space. So I I just wanted to add that clarity when we talk about non-punitive. So as you're kind of leading into this, Kyle, actually, some of some of the other things that come up on this list of, of what people value is to be taken into an account as an employee. Mm-hmm. And this is this is so important, like these broad brushstroke pro- programs of like employee retention. If you want to if you want to increase employee retention, you need to talk to the employee and ask them, what is it going to what is it going to you know, what's it going to take to keep yeah. you here? what you're a good person, right? This is also known as like emotional salary or social benefits of, mm-hmm. of the thing. My, my problem with this is that they, you know, and, and this is where big organizations need to take a page. There was an organization, I think it was the people that make, um, was it Teflon or Tyvex or something like this, that for a while, and I don't know if they still do this, no office, no factory was allowed to have more than 250 employees. Once that happened, they had to split if they grew that big. So they allowed each each organization to be on a first name basis, and they were allowed to adapt their policies and cultures the way that that particular unit wanted to. That is a much better approach to take because each one will have its own social culture. When you are when you are thousands of employees. Even if you go survey your employees, they're going to try and broad brush stroke. Right. And I know not all, all organizations can do this. I know that, right? Like if you're, mm-hmm. you know, airline as an example, if you have 5,000 flight attendants, it's going to be really hard to, you know, you can't break into smaller chunks, really. Like, I just don't see how that model would work. But the point I'm making is that when you it starts to get watered down, it's like, oh, this is what our employees want. And it's like, talk to anybody in a union and they'll tell you, well, some of what we've got I've like, and a lot of what we've got I don't. And, and of course, it's it's to the agenda of the person who's been elected as the union leaders, right? So it's like, I, th- I think when and where we can, we actually need to kind of say, what is it for this employee that's going to make it work? Some people are like unlimited vacation. And it's like, yeah, I want that. And I think the majority of people would say that. But when you understand that unlimited vacation usually means the employee, be- the employer benefits, you get more from an employee on unlimited vacation than the employee gets because they end up working on vacation they don't always take their time, blah, 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 the whole bit. Some people are good with that, right? Like I'm good with that. It's like, cause I'll, I know how to manage it, but there are some people who are totally lost in that, right? They're like, no, tell me it's nine to five and three weeks vacation. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so you have to kind of look at the employee side. This is the importance of having that kind of middle leadership really well-trained and giving them the opportunity and authority 
to develop their leadership skills and actually work on their teams and with their teams, not task saturated, where it's just like shit rolls downhill and they're the one that takes the brunt of it. So people want to be taken into account as an employee and they want the employer to have the ability to adapt to the worker's needs. Girl, I don't know how many people I've talked to that feel guilty taking a sick day. Absolutely. And before you say Arapelin, the rest of it, because he talks about me selling but I mean, he's just keep going, right? Because there's so much we want to unpack here. Uh, I just want to go back to a little bit of what you said about the engagement and taking them to account. Leaders and others, you need to know that these things change, right? So just because I told you right. two years ago that money was important to me doesn't mean money is important to me today, right? right? Exactly. So, so we still need to, oh, that's why it's a constant thing, is going back and forth and just being able <laughs> being able to say this is what needs to happen so take take into account that these things change why the conversation needs to be ongoing Girl, let me tell you why he's laughing okay because he always grills me because here's the thing i'm responsible for setting up the podcast i'm responsible for the timer i'm responsible for everything and then and then when i when i'm talking like he could give me the grace of walking me through you know of telling me how much time we have or whatever and he, on these podcasts he always i always kind of give this wrap it up signal because we need to move to the end of the podcast so this time i gave him a five minute signal because i had the opportunity to look at the timer because it wasn't my turn to talk and this bitch turns around and fucking starts laughing at me because i gave him a five minute signal so girl i'll tell you what you are now responsible for watching the timer moving forward why is it that he always has to look at the left. time when I'm talking? Why can't he look at the time when he's talking? That's why I'm laughing mm. because he's always watching the time when I'm talking. But when he's serapailing it, uh, he doesn't look at the time. <laughs> hey, you brought up her name. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's because I saw a clip of her this morning rambling <laughs> on about being a feminist. And I'm like, you are oh. not a feminist. Like, like you are not a you don't support abortion rights you're not a feminist what, what? like you can't what that's another show that's another show. i know and it's not it's it doesn't belong in this podcast but anyway she was rambling on like it's like word salad girl just kind of throw yeah. everything in and okay so so of course people we want our leaders uh to adapt to the workers needs we want the organization <clears throat> to adapt to the workers needs. It's kind of building off what Kyle said. Sometimes, you know, some sometimes it's like, look, like I didn't have kids a year and a half ago. I have kids exactly. now, right? That totally. that, yeah. that that is now a lifestyle change. I need you yeah. to adapt to me. Yeah. Um uh, also, you look at like mental health changes in people in the last two years, and certainly it existed before, but this has brought it to the limelight. I, I feel like it's like, look, two years ago, I wasn't working from home by myself, um, struggling with fear yeah. about getting sick and dying, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. now I am. So I need I need some grace. Right. So yeah. so I think it's important that that organizations understand this. Um, flexibility in time. People want to have more say over when they're working. I do think mm -hmm. that if you look at the research that's coming out about a four-day work week, most organizations, if possible, should adopt a four-day work week as a full-time standard as opposed to three-day. And if you actually look at what productivity is, I actually think that we should shorten the workday too. I think Absolutely. we should be do you know what, between you know what the time six, is on product? Six, six to eight hours, not this like eight hours, but you get a one-hour lunch, so it ends up being a nine-hour day anyway. Like, yeah. Do you know actually what the research says about how productive the amount, the how long someone in a typical day is productive in an eight hour shift? Probably five and a half hours, five hours. 
two hours and 53 Ooh, minutes. Girl, these people are not entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't you that crazy? Star? Yeah, like yeah. almost three hours. And so when you're doing an eight hour or 12 hour, or 16 hour, what are you really getting? Right? Totally. Totally agreed. Of course, there is a salary thing. People do want benefits and they do want a good salary. But I think what's defined as a good salary uh, is is subject to definition. Them, I think it's, exactly. I think it's yeah. actually, you know, like if I look at it, here's what I would do if I was an organization. And this is totally biased. I would hire several coaches. So if I couldn't actually pay a whole bunch more to my employees, I would actually hire coaches to help them learn to live with what they have and still a teacher and still achieve their goals. So you want to buy a house, but we can't pay you more. How do we get you there? Because there are people on your salary who do own a house, right? So, so, or whatever it might be. Of course, we want Mm -hmm. good leadership. So that's giving our leaders the opportunity to really become good leaders. Um, And then people want to work towards something meaningful. They want to have a goal. They want to have, um, they want to know that they're contributing to something that matters. I'm sorry, I'm going to blast one of the previous organizations. I hate name dropping, but I'm going to name drop because I'm trying to help them out uh, just, yeah. just on this podcast. They have nothing, they are not affiliated with us in any way. When I worked at TransCanada, uh, which is now TC Energy, they had a, they had a, um, their KPAs, KPIs and, um, and corporate vision and mission. And I could not even understand the KPIs. I'm like, what does this mean? And how do I help the company make money? Where do I make a difference here, right? And, and it was so interesting. So, so HR at some point decides to roll out this corporate scorecard where, where we can pin it up on our board and we'll get, we'll get an updated report card every quarter um, as part of our KPIs that we can tuck away and see how we're doing as an organization. This was their attempt at getting people to connect better with the organization's um, KPIs. You know what the issue is? Unless you were an engineer, you couldn't understand the KPIs. Unless you were in their business development, you couldn't understand the KPIs. I was in their PMO, right? I was in their project management yeah. office. And, and it was like, it's like, I don't, I don't even know what this means. Like, I don't, I don't understand. So I go and ask my leader, I said, how do I help the company? And how do I help Absolutely. the company make money? And mm-hmm. she said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and she is a smart woman. Like she's a mm-hmm. smart woman and she couldn't answer the question. She mm-hmm. said, go ask this person. So I go ask this person and I got the longest diatribe of something else I didn't understand. It was, <laughs> it was like crazy. It's like, you have to be- You walked out more confused. <laughs> That's it. So, and I think, you know, companies have values and I think values are important for companies to have. But the truth is, is that there's no accountability held to those values in most organizations. What people really want is to know what their values are. Are, mm-hmm. and and making sure that they can execute on their values within the role that they have or in the organization. So I think I think Kyle, this should give people a lot to think about. Folks, your I want your imperfect inspired action to be this. I want you to understand what you value about the workplace. And don't give me some bullshit diatribe of like hard work or work ethic. That doesn't mean anything. Define yeah. what that means for yeah. you. Define what it means for you. When I talk, when I look at my dad who had incredible work ethic, who gave so much to his com- to, to the organization he worked for and had months and months of overtime and vacation and sick time built up because it was a unionized environment that he was never able to take before retirement. They, 
they chewed him up and spit him out. And that was baby boomer work ethic. He did what was required by the organization because it was the right thing to do, period, conversation over. But the organization did not end up valuing it in the end. They took advantage of it. So I think you need to get real clear. And I'm not saying old school work ethic is dead. What I'm saying is you need to get real clear on what those values are for you. Kyle, final comments before we wrap up. If you don't know, you're not going to be able to ask. And we've said that on other podcasts, right? You got to be really clear for the ask. And because listen, the leader's not sitting there thinking it all out for yourself. Now, we will be doing another podcast uh, on the great resignation because I think this is going to play into some of those things. And we have some interesting stats that we want to share with you around here's why people are walking out, right? Here's why people, you, they're not, they're leaving your industry. And so come back and definitely listen to that. Uh, and share that with other people. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So if you love inspired action, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app and share us on your socials. You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week. Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. You can do all sorts of things and there is no guarantee of success. And people should know that first and foremost. Like, do not think because you manifest, because you pray, because you work hard. Hard work doesn't even necessarily lead to success. 